The Spanish Announce Table. Tom, it is episode 321. Uh, anybody watching on the YouTube can see that I brought Tom along with me in the Spanish Announce Time Machine to hang out and watch. Uh, fun thing about the Spanish Announce Time Machine, we can freeze time. And we froze in time right here at WrestleMania 10. Uh, you could see that if you were not only listening to the audio version of the podcast. If you were following us on the YouTube, by the way, follow us on the YouTube, TikTok, and Twitter. Um, find all the links you need at SpanishAnnounceTable.net. But Tom, uh, how are you? Man, I'm good. I tell you what, it was a crazy week of pro wrestling since we last recorded. And really, I'm kind of on pro wrestling uh, like over overload. It was just mm-hmm. incredible. Uh, it started off with... Bloodsport 5. Did you check out this Bloodsport 5? Josh Barnett's Bloodsport 5. I checked out a match of this Bloodsport 5. I checked out a part of this match. Uh, John Moxley, Davy Boy Smith. Junior. Match. Yeah, Davy Boy Smith Jr. Yeah, he did not wrestle the British Bulldog right. Senior. Wrestled the son. Right. Uh, yeah, so I watched Bloodsport 5. Fun fact, uh, friend of the show, former... Uh, guest on Spanish Downs Table, Ryan Loca was the official photographer for Bloodsport 5. Uh, he also has the 2020 uh, photo of the year, pro wrestling photo of the year, that John Moxley iconic photo in the backstage where he's sitting in the chair, uh, has whiskey, a whiskey bottle in one hand, and I think a cigarette in the other. So Ryan Loca was there uh, shooting all the shots of all the matches. So I wanted to check it out. Full disclosure, I didn't watch it live, but I did uh, catch a replay of it, and I checked out uh, some matches, but since you watched the main event, and I also watched the main event, what did you think of Bloodsport 5? And first off, was this your first exposure to this style of pro wrestling presentation? Yes. Yeah, I'm not a fan, I guess. I mean, I, I, I was quickly bored now. That said, I wasn't following any storyline leading into it. And I just thought, like, it its its goal is obviously to be more realistic-looking, more MMA-based, um, with a bit of a barroom brawl feel to it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if that's what I was really a fan of, I would just watch MMA, right? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. that's why I like pro wrestling is... It, I know it's fake, but the theatrics, the storyline of the good versus bad or what have you, whatever the story is, is what the draw is for me. So to to me, this was just kind of like, uh, okay, but like, I mean, I know, you know, like I know you're trying not to hurt them and I know you're trying not. So it's just kind of without the added f- flair, right? How many pieces of flair can we get in a match, I guess? Um, I, yeah, I wasn't a fan. I would just... I I could see it being good if you added a few more things, right? A little a little different packaging, a few more bells and whistles, and you could sell that as an alternative style, I think. But for me, it's just not enough. I liked it in the sense of um, what it's trying to do. Because one thing I get tired of with the just pro wrestling, if it's not WWE, is we just become diet wwe right like how Mm. we used to say diet raw of smackdown if you're not doing anything different than what the wwe is well then i'm already checking out right because if i want 
the glitz and the glamour and all of the over the top Snoop Dogs jumping from the top rope kind of stuff. Now I can get that in AEW, but historically speaking, I get that from WWE. So if you're not doing anything that's different from them, I'm not going to waste my time because I can just watch it there. Right. So I, I definitely appreciate what Bloodsport uh, is trying to do. Now, again, I think some people may be sour on Bloodsport because of what Raw Underground was and how that kind of That's made good... you right. If 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 you saw Raw Underground before you saw Bloodsport, then you might think to yourself, "Well, this is just a bad version, or you know, a less budgeted version than Raw Underground." But that's not the case because Josh Barnett's been doing this longer. So anyhow, my point is, I appreciate that they tried to do something different. Like you, though, I know it's a work. So I know that they're not purposely trying to hurt each other. Also, uh, I don't like pro wrestling as far as the Japanese style in this aspect of watch how hard I can fucking kick this guy in the chest. Well, it's like the other guy's letting you kick him in the chest. You're not that fucking badass, right? So when you're trying to make a theatrical fight more realistic, if you're not top of the level, top, you know, black belts or have been doing whatever your discipline is for your entire life, and you're still at that beginner level of real fighting, it's going to look bad when you try to apply your white belt, blue belt, you know, two to three years boxing um, knowledge to then a work. You know what I'm saying? So I do. The transitions, some of the uh, some of the movements, the actual applying of submissions, it's going to look like, what the fuck you doing, pal? You know, you should never cross your legs in an arm bar or whatever it is. Right now, it is a pandemic and there are no fans allowed in blood sport. I think to your point, if we added some bells and whistles, made it more like uh, if you've watched on independent wrestling uh I think it's independent wrestling TV.com where journey pro is being shown that bar feel that journey pro has where that, that smoky haze, it's actually in a bar. Mm -hmm. If you wanted to do that with blood sport, I think that would get me a little bit more intrigued because like you said, it wasn't just shoot style grappling. There was some barroom brawl types of, aspects to it so if you could incorporate a beer bottle over the head or whatever it is like that i think i'm a little bit more into it i definitely appreciate what josh barnett's doing though i i I like it that you know he is an mma fighter former ufc heavyweight champion fought in pride fought everywhere uh and now he's also a big pro wrestling fan his entire life so he's incorporating both of his loves so hey credit to you i just think we either need top of the level talent in real martial arts or real fighting disciplines to do this, or we just need pro wrestlers to do the bar room, uh, you know, actual, the movie blood sport type fighting. And then I'm going to be into it more. I will say though, I am interested that John Moxley who won this match against Davey boy Smith jr. Will be taking on the founder of blood sport and blood sport six, Josh Barnett. That has a good storyline to it. I think 
this would be great for cinematic style matches, uh, a place like yeah. this, you know? Yes, um, perfect, yeah. Now, with that, yeah. though, I will say, you know, the budget of a cinematic match is way more than just your independent pro wrestling match at Journey be, Pro. Though, you know what I mean? It doesn't have to be. All you have to do is have some creativity and know-how on a video editing thing. I mean, there are very high-quality cameras on your phones people have shot award-winning movies on their phones if you handle things like the lighting and things like that so i mean like they could do some things that thing already had a dingy dirty feel to it so so could a cheap cell phone recording of a quote-unquote cinematic match right cinematic maybe not the term but a a highly edited you know what i mean non-single camera match if you will right well, yeah, and to that point, you know, action movies are still king uh, in the box office. You know, Fast and Furious, I think they're on their 10th movie, and it's because fucking people Fast watch it. Fast and Furious yeah. 27. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever it is this time. Uh, and the reason is because people are watching it. So there's obviously a, a want and a desire from a audience to see action movie style fights. So if you can present that, I think we're on a good path. But again kudos to them for just not being a uh bastardized version of wwe so that's where i applaud them the most mm-hmm. but that was what i was up to um what were you up to before we move into our AEW breakdown nothing man a whole lot of watching wrestling working out i did a little work we got some new home equipment uh for working out and i uh can successfully now do four and a half pull-ups like strict pull-ups, pull like you're going all yep. the way down yep. and all come the way up, down, all the way up, know. four and a, and a half times. That's pretty good. The average person, I don't think, can do four oh, pull-ups. Oh, yeah, I, I doubt the average person can. Yeah, that. Um, yeah, I like I'm to be solidly, you. slightly above average in everything I do. I think that's the title of this episode. <laughs> slightly, slightly above, above average. Re- <laughs> yep, I, I like that. Uh, so let's get right average. into it. Let's get right into it. AEW Dynamite started off with who we just mentioned, the uh, main event from Bloodsport 5, John Moxley taking on the Hollywood hunk Ryan Nemeth. Uh, we got a fun promo from Ryan Nemeth, which I thought was good. We got the John Moxley presentation. Uh, I, I like that he's looking more like a fighter than when he was having the leather jacket and doing this kind of stuff. It's now like I'm in sweatpants. Hey, they, they're my sweatpants, right? Cause we got to sell merchandise, but like I'm in sweatpants. I'm walking to the ring. You know, I, if I have a title, which he does, you know, with the IWGP, uh, United States championship fucking cool. But if not, I'm going in there to fight. It's not a lot of bells and whistles with him. He's even stripping down more to just the core of a fighter. And I like that. And this was just a smash mouth, punch you in the mouth. Hopefully your teeth survive what's coming at you uh, kind of wrestling match. John Moxley gets the win, but what did you think? I like that, too, about John Moxley's kind of toned down demeanor, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's that it is more every man now that he is able to to just, as you said, he lost the... the um, here being crazy he's not the the whatever they called him in wwe that off the chain fucking stupid name they had i I don't even know what that was the lunatic fringe lunatic there it is Mm -hmm. um yeah so i'm glad that that kind of aspect is gone 
I appreciate this a whole lot more. It feels like guy in the crowd who's just a just a guy, but he's the best at what he does, right? Like everybody can identify with that at their workplace, which was one of the benefits that Stone Cold Steve Austin got. You could find any and everybody who was Steve Austin minus the muscles in any town USA. You can find you know a guy like this kind of Dean Ambrose in any town USA working in any place who's like Fuck this, man. If I just, what if I just put my elbow in your fucking, t- you know what I mean? He's allowed to do, but we're not allowed to. And, what, you know, you all aren't allowed to. Maybe I am. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's what I like about this. And the, Ryan Nemeth, man, I'm liking him more and more every time I see him. Yeah. Uh, as we continue the breakdown of AEW Dynamite, the one thing that I will say is the losers in this match. Uh, I actually started liking a little bit more. So you had the Britt Baker, the Varsity Blondes, and Ryan Nemeth, and all three of those, uh, you know, talents, or in the uh, course, or I guess in referring to the tag team, two people. But, you know, the four of those talents, I was like, yeah, more of those people. You know, obviously Britt Baker, but the other three, just big fans of. But yeah. after John Moxley gets the win, he gets a chair, turns it 1990s, uh, Dangerous mind style, uh, and sits in it with uh, the back facing him. And he talks about how he's addicted to this pro wrestling and this blood and barbed wire. And he knows it's probably a trap of what Kenny Omega is doing, but he just can't help himself. Like this is just in his blood. As I said, he's addicted to just violence and you know, he's going to give it everything he has at revolution. And it seems like an exploding barbed wire death match is the perfect way to go out, which I felt like that comment at the very end, Maybe a little bit too telling, but what did you think of the promo after the match? Yeah, it, they're leaning into the death part, right? <laughs> with that promo, with him like, hey, if this is where I die, this is where I die, which you're right. Is that a little telling? Are we not going to see Moxie for a while because he maybe died? I don't know. Uh, I do like the promo. We We've said a whole lot before that we much more appreciate a John Moxley by himself backstage, but they kind of called that out uh, last week or so uh, and, and said, you know, you can hide tough when, you know, you're in a boiler room or whatever, you know? So this time he's out there having just beat somebody up, sit in a chair. You want to come out here and test me? I'm here. So I kind of like that. And again, it just played into more of this John Moxley. Yeah. Uh, and thing. I thought this, I thought this promo was really good by John Moxley. He's a very solid promo, so I don't ever think that any of his promos in AEW have been subpar. The only thing that kind of caught me off guard was one, the comment at the very end where he's like, if this is how I go out, like this is how I go out. I'm paraphrasing there, but that was a little bit much, too much of like, hey, do you not think you're going to win? Now, he also alluded to the fact that, hey, Kenny Omega probably has something up his sleeve, which he probably does. But still, I, I wanted my heroes to be a little bit more like, I don't give a shit. I'm, I'm winning this thing. Now, with that being said, he's also said in the past, like when he had his title match against Lance Archer, he's like, hey, everybody dies. And it's like, okay, that's relatable. But let's not go too much into this. Like, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen this time. We'll find out. It's like, no, man, you should. You're going to you're going to win, right? You're my hero. You're going to you're my you're my guy. You're going to win, right? Like don't talk like that. And then the second part of the promo that caught me a little off guard, and this is where again, I think as we mentioned last week, maybe some type of high-level content just uh read through of what goes on to TV for Dynamite. 
uh, would help because this was the second week in a in a row now that we have addiction put in a promo. So if you remember last week, Eddie Kingston said he's addicted to fighting John Moxley, and now this week we get John Moxley is addicted to blood violence and stuff. And both are both again are very good promos and very good points, but. I feel like we're hitting the nail on the head a little bit too much with this addiction. Well, I've got addiction for high flying. My name is Pac. I jump from the top rope. It's like, hey, guys, we can use a different word. Anyone have a dictionary? Like, you can use that. You know what I'm saying? So, again, that's nitpicking, but I did enjoy it a lot. So let's move on to what happened after this. And we got an interview with Archer and Ray Phoenix. Uh, looked like this happened before the day of the event, but... It was revealed to both of them that Archer versus Ray Phoenix would be the main event for tonight's Dynamite episode, and the winner will get uh, their spot in the ladder match for a spot at a championship match against the TNT champion in Darby Allen. Uh, I like this. This was good. Lance Archer leaned in a little bit of like, hey, we all know I'm going to kick your ass. So why do we have to do this? And Ray Phoenix to his credit was like, fuck you. Like I'm a, I'm a beat your ass. You, you know, come get these hands motherfucker. Uh, so I thought that was good. Uh, Cause then it at least allowed us to see like, they're both aware of this match. It's not just walking in and who's it going to be. So I enjoyed that. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> I, I thought it was a bit extreme that just because he said you were the worst partner he's ever had, that you decided you've got to beat him up backstage during mid interview. Like that's, you guys are going to wrestle. Like you don't have to yeah. just beat him up backstage. So that was a little bit, but again, um, uh, we, we like Lance Archer for, you know, his, his tendencies, so you can't take that away from him, right? If he's the kind of guy that's going to beat somebody up, he's the same kind of guy that's going to go crazy in the ring, and that's what we like. So. Yeah, definitely. And after the commercial break, then we get a quick recap of the Inner Circle beating down the Young Bucks from last week. Then we get a little tease because we see the Young Bucks arrive with their parents. Uh, they uh, have their mom take a photo with their dad in front of a truck that has both of their images. Oh, how neat. Yay, yay, yay. And then we'll get back to that in just a second. But we go right in from that little backstage uh, peek behind the curtain to Ricky Starks and Brian Cage with Taz on commentary versus the Varsity Blondes. Now, this was a really good match. The story is what happens post-match, but before we get there, what did you think about this tag team match? I like this. I we, We've talked several times about the AEW tag team situation, but these are two teams that I think we like. We like the Varsity Blondes, and we like this Ricky Starks, Brian Cage. I, I would probably go with like a Cage, Hobbs, except Cage is supposed to be the guy of this faction, so maybe not. You know, Starks, as you've said, is kind of out of place. So, yeah, I mean, it was good. You're right, the story came later. This was just to kind of give the stage for the of that, but it did put, you know, all this talent in a good spot for us to see, and I think the match was really good. Um, Brian Cage is just an animal yeah. Um, and just seeing everybody get tossed around and just have him mm -hmm. like he's just like curling the guy. Uh, it's so fun. Um, yeah, I was a big fan. So let's take a quick detour. And, and the reason I want to do that is to then emphasize why I like this match and why I like AEW so much currently. So the detour I'm going to take with you here is it was announced before the event uh, through social media that Paul White, formerly the big show in WWE has now joined on with AEW. looks like he's going to be in a commentary role, primarily moving forward, but he will be 
a competitor for at least a short period of time. And one thing that I now going back to the match, the thing that I like the most about AEW is that as a fan of pro wrestling on national television, WWE impact wrestling, things of that nature, I am getting to see all the independent pro wrestlers that Justin Summers talks about now on my television, right? So I'm getting to see Brian Pillman Jr. I'm getting to see Brian Cage, even though you saw him on impact, you understand what I'm saying. You're getting to see, um, Joey Janela, uh, Nyla Rose, these types of talents. And that's what draws me into AEW. And so I want more of this kind of action, this kind of tag team action. And I'm hoping that big show or Paul white, if, if I guess that's where is, is his name going to be called large, large production. <laughs> I don't know. Anyhow, uh, but I don't like, know, but first of all, that was the stupidest name in, in the history of wrestling. So I'm glad we don't have to call him that anymore, but it's going to be weird not calling him that at the same yeah, time. That's what so. I said. Yeah. Um, but what I was getting, but my point here is that I want AEW to, to continue to give us this type of action because this type of action is what I like. I want more varsity blondes instead of Sting and Paul White and Sean Spears, which Sean Spears is still amazing, but you get what I'm saying? Or Miro's. I don't want this to become the new Impact Wrestling where it's like, you leave WWE, come here because I want to see those new talents. I want to see those emerging stars on the independent scene finally get their time to shine the orange Cassidy's as it is. So Brian cage. Yeah. So Brian cage and Ricky Starks get the victory. I agree with you though. I think moving forward after we get done with this sting Darby Allen thing, powerhouse Hobbs and Brian cage as just like the unstoppable force in the tag team division, I think is a lot of fun, especially with Taz as their manager. Cause that's the thing I think is missing from team Taz, a little grit, a little, tenacity a little i'm gonna rip your shirt off or i'm gonna pull your shirt over your head and uppercut you in the mouth a little more of that is what i'm looking for but let's get back to the episode after the match then we see a video package of sting and darby allen uh in a black and white video darby allen actually smiles which i thought was interesting because you never see him smile because emo kids apparently don't do that uh, and then we saw Sting do his fun thing, drive a car, and there's some body bag, which we are, are expecting that to be Darby Allen. Then we end that video package with Sting dragging out a body bag with, it looks like someone in that body bag. We all kind of assume this is going to be Darby Allen because he's so crazy. I honestly thought what they were going to do is Darby Allen do like a Undertaker style sit up and maybe have a new facial uh, paint, new face paint that says like, Oh, you motherfuckers are in it. Very similar to like, you know, when Finn Balor turns into the demon, it looks completely, I thought we were going to get like red and like blood shit from Darby Allen. But anyhow, it was hook. I love the selling from Taz though. When he's like, what is this shit? And he like just jumps off commentary, gets to his son to make sure he's okay. But then we get Darby Allen coming down from a fucking zip line. Which, man, sell that, AEW. How much, if you could zip line over the ring during an AEW Dynamite show or AEW Dark, that would be so much fun. Yeah, except I don't, it's one of those things, again, that it's starting to, like, cross the line of, uh, so, okay, so, so Sting managed to get this video package with drone footage of Hook that he just stole from the parking lot. 
Meanwhile, they never saw Darby Allen anywhere. When you have to, I know what you have to go through to get a zip line installed and like operated. Like Taz is the kind of guy who would have known this is going on. A lot of it's just like, okay, guys, if the storyline can't hold this, we've jumped the shark, which we already did with this storyline. So it just kind of makes me go like, here's another thing to make me keep losing interest with this storyline. So I went the actual opposite way. I think I, you know, obviously we understand why they had Darby Allen not do the come from the rafters, but instead do a zip line because of safety, a la Owen Hart. Mm-hmm. So I understand that part. But we're doing more of the like, Darby Allen and Sting, look at the parallels. One came from the rafters, the other one zip lines. One is an enigma, the other was an enigma. Blah, blah, blah. Like, so I get why we're doing that. But I will say, I don't care how old I get. I'm always going to pop for a stinger splash. And we got to see a stinger splash on Brian cage. That made me so happy. I used to do the stinger splash to any and everyone that would come over to my house, man, woman, child, animal. You're getting a fucking stinger splash. If you came over to my house at the age of 10 and fucking love that move. And I just love how he hits it. I love just the little cadence of sting. Cause it's never crisp. He always seems like it's, He's coming up with it on the fly, which is what you kind of would do in a real fight. And I popped. I was like, yep, I'm in. Again, we have talked at nauseum of how repetitive this storyline was for the last few weeks. But these last two weeks, home runs for me. Yeah. Again, it's not. They finally have gotten to the action. They had to stall for a bit. And this is, you know what I mean, something. So I agree. Had this happened a little bit earlier, I wouldn't be as tired with this. I just still, I don't know. I, I agree. Sting no, being I, there, I you know, Sting being there, much like Paul White is there, as we kind of hit on, is one thing. I, I understand that's a big name that will give you instant recognizable, you know, credit credibility, and you're going to have that, and it's good for them. In a major storyline with some of the talent that you could be focusing in on is an idea that you think is going to get them over, right? People are going to be like, there's Sting. Who's this guy? But if this is what you're giving them, they're going to be like, oh, that kind of sucks. They're going to equate that guy with that kind of, and I'm, I'm worried that's where it's going with Brian Cage and Taz and, and all them. Well, yeah, with Team Taz, I think after the, you know they lose this uh, match at Revolution, which I think will definitely happen, a hard reset, a refocused, mean re-energized team Taz maybe Ricky Starks gets kicked out because he was the weak link kind of thing I I'm excited for that I'm hopeful for that but with Taz or excuse me with Sting and Darby Allen I'm hoping very much like how they talked about Paul White's announcement this is his limited capacity Sting did his one match isn't that great we got a stinger splash and a, a scorpion death drop and we'll get the you know scorpion death lock at revolution yay awesome okay now turn into Tully Blanchard be the guy that just sits with the team or gives guidance Please. to the team that's what I'm hoping we do now Tully Blanchard uh, fun fact, we'll be wrestling next week with FTR against Jurassic Express. So we'll see how that goes. But anyhow, back to this week's episode. Uh, after this whole melee and the stinger splash and the scorpion death drop, we get a backstage interview with Tony Schiavone, who's interviewing Kip Sabian, Penelope Ford, and Miro. And we still get Miro 
Kip Sabian, Penelope Ford versus Chuck and Orange Cassidy. Mm. The only way I you can salvage this at this point, because you're right, this is tedious, tired, it's not going as well as they had hoped. To all of the workers who have complained about WWE micromanaging to the point that they can't have their ideas out there are true, to their credit, it's also true that that's because some of these ideas don't go over as well as these guys think they're going to go over, right? They think by nature, some of the stuff that really pops them will pop a crowd of millions. It doesn't always work. Sometimes you need a little bit more thought process into it. Now, sometimes all their ideas need is a little more thought process that Vince would, you know what I mean, cut away. I think here what you do is he's saying, Charles the Butler, come back to me. Don't do this. You're, you deserve to be a man. Charles the Butler needs to go heel and oh. become Charles the Butler and, and you know what I mean, be Miro's butler and Miro can lean into that. Get away from... Sabian and, and Penelope, let them go do their thing. Have it just be Miro and Charles the butler. Mm. Have Miro being a guy who needs a butler, but he's that aggressive thing. You know what I mean? That's the storyline that you do. And then the best, well, Trent comes back, then it's, well, buddy, friend, look what you did to Orange Cassidy. You turned him into blood Orange Cassidy, you know, which is already oh. been, you know, done. But oh, like, but you know. then, but then the hug the reuniting mm-hmm. hug that they already do in every match, mm-hmm. but then it actually, oh. Yes, that's like the macho Elizabeth, uh, you know what I mean? Reuniting, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. I don't know if- Book it, hire Tim. I love that idea. I think the only thing I might want to change is say Miro, say he does turn heel, and then Miro goes, you're not a butler, you are Charles, though. And like, instead of being a butler, he is just Charles, like corporate Charles, where- not like a corporation, but you know, every, every CEO has an ass kicker, ass kisser, have him be the ass kisser where he, I'm only wearing a tie. Well, you know, obviously in the handbook, it says in section two, So he's just Charles, but Miro's like right. trying to show him how to be a distinguished man. Right. right. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. Like Charles, right? yeah. like and Charles, he's just, be a man. He like he, and he tries to like every once in a while that comes out and he's like, hey, does something like hip and cool. And, and Miro's like, stop that. Like, yeah. Charles, you don't deserve oh. this. You deserve people to look at you like a man, right? Yeah. Men don't do that. It's boys. That is for boys, right? Be the most misogynistic, mm-hmm. not misogynistic maybe is the wrong term, but most alpha. No, do it. Yeah. You know? I mean, misogynistic, well, without the sexual overtones yeah, of the term of misogyny, right? Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, this could be great. I don't know if that's where they're going. Right, I you no, know, it's gonna be. We'll, we'll get into our picks next week, but yeah, mm. I, I think it's gonna be a layup as far as business as usual. But and I do love that idea. It's his mom, right? That's gonna show up or something, right? Like it, it or was it Trent's mom? No, it was his Trent's mom, mom, right? It, oh, it's Trent's mom. Okay, yeah, it's Trent's mom, not Chuck's yeah. mom, right? No, it's Trent's mom. Uh, but if you did do that, the amount of like insider. Uh, jokes that you could tell right you you could be po- that whole character of charles as a man's man can just be a whole rib on william regal all the different iterations that he did as like oh you know pinky guy or when he was the man's man and he was chopping the wood and shit you could have so much fun He's just doing that. <laughs> why don't we man 
We do got to figure out sound clips at something. That'd be a great sound. The he's a man. That was the one we never included yeah. either. Anyway, yes, this would be great. I, I do agree. This like if he's if he's maybe not the butler, but just guiding him on. It goes from butler to this. That could happen, but I don't. I don't think we're getting it. I think but, it's gonna yeah, be, with, you know. yeah. Uh, but with the reuniting of the best friends and Orange Cassidy, that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, we'll we'll get into our picks next week. But that segment happened, and then after that segment happened, we had a match, and it was Jake Hager taking on Brandon Cutler. If you recall the previous week, uh, Jake Hager did he quarterback the, the Broncos? Circle. Jake Hager or Brandon Cutler? Cutler? Brandon Cutler? No, that was his cousin Jay. Jay mm. Cutler mm. was the is that uh, really his cousin? No, I'm yeah, okay. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yes, we don't fact check here. Fuck Equally it, is forgettable. All right. <laughs> but this was a good match, and again, this is another reason why I like AEW. This didn't move the needle as far as I'm gonna rewatch the match or anything. But Brandon Cutler, who the fuck's Brandon Cutler? I found out. I didn't necessarily like him. <laughs> right. I didn't necessarily like him, but it was someone different. It was someone new. It, it wasn't. It, it Jeff Hardy like, versus Edge. No, to me it looked like they hired the the backup stunt double to the God of War video games, right? Like I just I was like, who the fuck is this guy? And then they keep saying like the childhood friend of the young bucks, which I'm like, oh cool, that I really don't give a shit. And then uh, Jake Hager, I think yes, it goes. This goes well to be a jobber to Jake Hager because Jake Hager we're supposed to believe is this guy who can kick the shit out of everybody. But if we, if we don't see it often, you know, if you only put that on dark once in a while, most people aren't going to see it. If we're mm-hmm. being honest, mm-hmm. uh, that's another thing we haven't touched on with the Big Show thing. Apparently, he's going to host AEW Dark Elevation. They're going to put an AEW Dark second show on Monday nights in the raw time slot on YouTube. Now, cable TV is a dying medium. Mm-hmm. YouTube, fine, fine, mm-hmm. great. You'll probably get as many views as you could on cable. Maybe not. I mean, TNT is a good you know, spot to be on. A good but, vehicle, yeah, definitely. But if this is just Dark 2, I am flat out not interested. Dark already is not a whole lot to brag about. Dark is cool. Dark is nice to watch. It's cool that it's got extra exposure. But if this is just Dark 2, then just make Dark 4 hours and I'll watch it when I need to. It's YouTube. I already watch on clips. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, or not necessarily clips, but like I can go back to it. Like, I don't, it's weird to me. I don't know. What are your thoughts? So I think the initial thought process of AW Dark was just get talents that you may have never seen, a Mike Seidel. Uh, friend of the show, J.D. Drake, who we may be talking to in the near future, uh, get them a new match with a talent that you recognize from AEW, right? The the idea is, for example, to use uh, this week's AEW Dark uh, as what I'm trying to say here, you had Eddie Kingston. Everyone fucking yeah. loves Eddie Kingston. I'm tuning in to see Eddie Kingston. Now, I'm aware of who J.D. Drake is, but if only I've heard the name of J.D. Drake and then I see this match, I say, oh shit, I want to know who J.D. Drake is, right? I think this AEW Dark Elevation, one, it's a stupid name. Get rid of the dark. Just call it AEW Elevation. very dumb. Very dumb. Because to your point, now I'm automatically thinking, okay, this is just where I get the rematch of J.D. Drake versus Eddie Kingston. But what I... But what I think the purpose of this show is, is almost like Sunday Night Heat, where we can't get the storyline of 
Penelope Ford versus uh, Red Velvet on Dynamite, so we get it on Elevation. But again, just call it AW Elevation. Here, here's what I think would be the smartest. If you do what you're talking about, Eddie Kingston, J.D. Drake, right, on AW Dark Elevation, and you make AW Dark the true, like, these are nobodies that we're testing out, mm-hmm. but AW Dark Elevation is for the people that we're going to see, hey, could we elevate this person to the top? You know what I mean? Like, so now they're getting their shots against the guys from Dynamite, your Eddie Kingston's, your John Moxley's, right? Now they're getting those shots and we see, well, how does that look, right? If it was like an intermediary between them, if it was dark, AW Dark Elevation, Dynamite, Dynamite, okay. But again, I, they haven't said anything. They're just like, new two-hour show. And you're like, what? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. I hope. And Big I Show hope. is going to commentate. Like, okay, great. So I'll hear a guy talking like this a whole lot of the time. It's going to not maybe be the best thing. So I don't know. Let's see. I just hope that this new show with Tony Schiavone and Paul White uh, as commentators enhances or or progresses stories. Because, again, Dark yeah. is great for your one-off matches, but I need stories. And yes. you have a ton of people on dynamite right now. It's a little bloated, right? But there's certain people that I I'm interested in, right? And Austin gun, his work in the crowd. I want to see a story with him, right? Yeah. Guns and poses. I want to see John silver in a feud with someone. So put those guys on elevation. Here's a, here's a thing to think about in that regard as well, is that if you are putting this against the Monday night raw time slot, you should, I would assume you're hoping to grab would-be Monday Night Raw viewers, which that means you're going to need to be a little more like the WWE Raw, but an alternative. So that should encompass a little bit more of the storyline aspect of it. We can argue mm-hmm. that WWE doesn't do it well, but that is their focus is a storyline-driven product. So, yes, I would agree. If there was a little bit less wrestling, even in more of some backstage segments, some storyline and enhancements of even what's happening on Dynamite, I would like that. And I understand you're not necessarily going against Monday Night Raw because it's YouTube and that'll be on demand, Mm -hmm. but you're going to put it up at, like, it's going to go live, apparently, live, quote-unquote, it's not going to be live, maybe, but you're going to premiere it at 7 p.m. Eastern, which I maybe Raw starts at 8 p.m. Eastern, but you get yeah. the idea, right? So mm-hmm. you're challenging them, kind of. You're soft going like, let's see what happens here. So maybe. I, I would hope. I don't know. I, I don't have yeah, a well, whole lot. Because now you're telling me, the big show, we've got them. We're putting them on the little show. Not <laughs> the little show, the the next little, the little well, show. Hey, let's go off on another side tangent before we get back into our Dynamite mm-hmm. recap. Hopefully, Paul White can get some reps in and we get comfortable with him maybe calling some bigger matches and we kick out one of the older guys on Dynamite and make him maybe a senior advisor and then we move Paul White into Dynamite. Yes, and I I made fun of his voice, but Big Show also is not, he's not at a loss for words. He's a very intelligent guy. He gets storytelling. I mean, he's a character. He he had a Netflix show. He's been on... Mm -hmm media left and right he's been on television shows and comedy specials and stuff and so that's fine he might do a good job as a commentator i'm not gonna 
disregard. I'm that. just hoping. Yeah. For me personally, I'm just hoping that this is a avenue for him to get more reps as a commentator. And then we fast track him to replace Jim Ross because Jim Ross is a great mind, but Jim Ross is past Jim his prime. Ross called Kenny Omega, the WWE world heavyweight champion. Yeah. Last week. It, no, so good. I said this to you that had this been on raw, he would have been pulled before the show finished. They, if he calls the competitor thing, like I think they did that to Striker, who, by the way, is commentating on Impact Wrestling. But that's you know, yeah, mm-hmm. we'll talk about that. He's later. good. I like him. He's not terrible. It's him and D'Lo. D'Lo's, yeah. Anyway, we'll talk. D'Lo's about that not later. good. Yeah. Uh, so let's get back into our recap of AEW Dynamite. So Jake Hager gets the win, but again, the story was after the match. And as I talked about earlier, uh, we saw the Young Bucks walk into the uh, venue with their parents, and the dad got a picture in front of the truck that had his sons on uh, on the back of the truck there. And we saw uh, old... Uh, y2, or excuse me, not Y2J, but we saw Chris Jericho and MJF uh, beat up Papa Buck cut them up, bloodied them all up, and then put the blood of their father on each of their faces uh, on the truck. Now, I I did miss a spot. So the inner circle beats up on Brandon Cutler. That gets the Young Bucks out. Then the Young Bucks say, hey, you assholes, let's fight. Then that's when Jericho and MJF uh, say like, oh, hey, look, look who we found. Your bloodied up father. Ha ha ha. And then they ran off and the Young Bucks chase them a little bit. I like this a lot um, in, you know, it, it, it's cheesy and, and it wasn't pulled off of like the best as, as we've talked about before timing and, and whatnot and maybe forethought. But I like the idea that like they're fucking fucking with his dad and then they're like doing the, <laughs> the stupid oh. pose and they're like, oh, shit, let's get out of here quick. You know, like I liked all that. And it is what uh, inner circle aside, just Jericho and MJF would be the better story right if the inner circle kicked both of them out might even be the better story at this point we keep talking about jericho's gonna get pushed out but what if like what if wardlow's like i'm leading the inner circle now and i and he pushes out both of these guys and they go on do their thing who knows right um i like that but yeah i mean this is we're not big fans of the young bucks so they're not getting over heel cred with us because we're like yeah fucking you birth those guys we want you to get your ass kicked <laughs> well yeah and the selling yeah. from papa buck again mm-hmm. fathers yeah. in pro wrestling john cena's father didn't do this well um Miz's father didn't do this well and now papa buck isn't doing this very well with the aspects of pro wrestling which just shows you how hard it is to actually do on a big time scale so credit to all the professional wrestlers that do it as well as they do but to my point here uh, this was good 1980s heat, right? Like, oh, you beat up my father. Now I got to really kick your ass. I think this is good fun to get us to the match next weekend where the real storyline comes in because you notice who we did not see or hear from this week. Sammy Guevara. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, we, <sighs> This is a, I'd like to point out to our fans, you can get in on the conversation with us if you use hashtag tweet the table on Twitter. We will get to a few of those. I think I've got two set aside uh, later in the show. Um, you might get read on our show. And I didn't read this one a few weeks ago because we missed a week when the Chiefs lost the Super Bowl, which I, sorry, I brought that up, Tom. I'm sorry. God. I'm sorry I brought it up. Uh, that Justin Summers, 
a good friend of the show, was on the show recently. We were on his show. A little show of love going on here. Um, he said, uh, he used the hashtag tweet table and he said, did Sammy Guevara get suspended again? And it's kind of maybe looking like, uh, is he out for a couple no. weeks? Because no. No, 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 no. This is a, no, this is a, Hey, look over here. No, this is a, Hey, look over here. Look over here. Look over here. This is what's happening. At least this is what I think is happening. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong. I've been wrong in the past. Uh, it doesn't happen, too yeah, often. but this is what's happening. Hey, it's Jericho and MJF beating up on the young bucks, uh, father and the young bucks are pissed. Oh my God. Isn't this great? And then we're going to get the match and guess who's going to cost MJF and Chris Jericho, the tag team championships. Sammy fucking Guevara. He's coming and the in. Young Bucks must pose. Yep. And the Young Bucks do will the get thing. their do pose the thing, in. Do the thing. Do the thing, Tom. What do they do? One guy like does this and they go like and then they two swing me, bro. Right? Two swing me, bro. Bro. Yeah. Bro. Icky doing that. Bro, bro. But that's what they're doing. They're saying, hey, Sammy Guevara's not on television to get you out of sight, out of mind, and then it'll make it even bigger when he comes in and costs Jericho and MJF tag team championships. That's the story. But we'll see. Uh, after that match, we went right into Hangman Adam Page versus Isaiah Cassidy with Matt Hardy. Oh, man. Hangman Adam Page selling that arm injury like the champ that he is. Isaiah Cassidy did really well on his own here. We did get, excuse me, uh, Hangman Adam Page with the victory. Post-match, Matt Hardy and Isaiah Cassidy are attacking Page. Dark Order, Guns and Poses, and his uh, friend come out, and they come to save the day. They all think, this is all fun, this is nice. But what we don't see is Matt Hardy, because it was TH2 and Private Party beating up on uh, hangman Adam page. And then that's when the dark order comes out. And so Matt Hardy's kind of where, where did he go? And he cuts a promo over the PA system and is like, Hangman, you didn't choose me and you think you're choosing these dark order dorks. So I'm going to hurt everyone that you like. And he brings out number five and throws that motherfucker off the stage through a table. And Oh shit. And a storyline that I thought was just about money has turned into like a little bit more of an interesting story for the pay-per-view match that I kind of was just going to think would, would happen. Oh, I agree. And I think we are getting some of these undertones of this dark order storyline that you're wanting here where oh, it's kind of like, it? you know what? These guys aren't so bad. These guys are the like, I don't have to like try to fit into this group because these guys are just, they just dudes that just love me, man. Like they just want, they like me for me <sighs> and all my faults. And they don't I care that I'm wishy washy sometimes because I'm depressed and fuck, you know what I mean? The millennial cowboy shit. Um, I like this. Uh, and I, 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 I saw somebody tweet, and I wish I could give them props. This wasn't a tweet the table. This is just somebody that tweeted. He says, if Matt Hardy really wanted to hurt the Dark Order, he could just give them career advice. And I just thought, <laughs> now. That's taken away from Matt Hardy's had a pretty amazing career. So I don't know if that's necessarily true. It was just a funny joke uh, to some extent. Now, we could argue, could, you know, would other people with Matt Hardy's opportunities maybe <laughs> better stuff that we liked more? Maybe. But Matt Hardy would tell you, I mean, he's had a great career. Technically, he's made a lot of money and been in a lot of organizations and won a lot of titles. So who am I to say? Oh, I do a yeah. podcast. Um, right. A great, we do a one, great podcast. Yeah. Which you can get all the links for SpanishNowsTable.net. If you're not watching this on YouTube right now, you could see our faces. I mean, do you not? How could you? 
look at us. We're sitting here with Shawn Michaels about to put his body on Razor Ramon. I didn't know the best way to <laughs> say that vaguely sexual without being over the head with it. Um, follow us on the YouTube, TikTok, and Twitter. YouTube, Spanish Announced Tube. TikTok at Spanish Announce Table, Twitter at Table Show, use hashtag Tweet Table. We'll read, we'll read them right here on the show. I don't even know what we were talking about anymore, Tom. Let's keep on with the AEW Dynamite. Well, what I wanted to say is what I hope mm. happens. And again, we're going to get one more week of storytelling on Dynamite next week. And then we get a Sunday night pay per view of AEW Revolution. But now that the story turn the, uh, between Matt Hardy and Hangman Adam Page is taken, I'm more invested in this. And I actually hope that Matt Hardy wins this match because like you said, the millennial cowboy shit, then we get down in the dumps, hangman, Adam page, who then says like, you know, who's the only one that has my back, the dark order. And then just like a Phoenix rising from the ashes, we get hangman. Adam page takes over the dark order and then becomes the dark. Matt Hardy gets all of his, his earnings, right? His first quarter earnings, whatever it is. That puts Hangman in a bit of financial peril. Mm-hmm. But who's there to help him, right? They're like, nah, man, right. we got this, man. We got you covered, right? Like, even though you could tell maybe the Dark Order's not even rolling, right? Like, they're like, they're getting the small meal, but they're like, nah, man, you can have my fries. I'm not even really hungry. And, mm-hmm. like, you can tell they're hungry, right? But, like, Hangman's like, man, like, God, I really appreciate that. You know what I mean? Like, just can't believe is that these guys are doing that after all the shit he's given not even shit he's but he's just kind of like pushed him aside same thing like he's like he can't buy the drinks he wants so they're like oh we'll get you one but they even also talked to him about like i don't know man maybe like you could take this time to maybe like maybe drink less you know and he's like you know you're right you're right dark order guys (laughs) you're solid dudes oh this could be great i hope they're going that route it kind of seems like maybe they are I like it. I, We're I like getting it a that lot. love story. We're mm-hmm. getting that bromance. We're getting the connection that we all want here of the Dark Order and Hangman Adam Page. I can't mm-hmm. wait. It's going to be so great. We all want it. If you don't want it, you're wrong. Yeah, you're definitely wrong. Uh, so let's get it back into the episode after that Hangman Adam Page Isaiah Cassidy match. We got into another fucking amazing match between Britt Baker and Nyla Rose. Now, I did miss something here as I'm going yeah, through. It wasn't the, the biggest thing in the world, but Marvez uh, found Kenny Omega and Callus and what they were doing. Is, I don't know. We're welding table Hold bullshit. On, no. I did like that because, like, I mean, Kenny Omega's in there swinging that hammer, and then he's like, now we're making the damn, <laughs> we're making the barbed wire thing. He's like, look, if you want something done right, sometimes you got to do it yourself. And I want this guy to hurt. And I want, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, yeah, so yeah. I'm going to make this. And like, and I like it. He's just like, boom, and you're going to blow up. <laughs> right? Like, I like that he's just kind of out of his mind. He's working in there. And I like that Don Callis is still the speed. Any, any chance we can get to throw in sleazy Don Callis right now, I'm here for it. He's hitting home runs with yeah, every opportunity. Even when he's done with this Kenny Omega thing, I would advocate you put Don Callis as a manager for somebody almost at all times. I think he's good. I like him. A I lot. do. Yeah, I think he's great. This just didn't hit really home for me because uh, it was quick. It was in and out. But I was more uh, just impressed with this women's tournament match. This is the third week in the row. We had legit Layla Hirsch. Then last week we had uh, the match between. Now I'm drawing a blank, but those two girls. And then this week we have Nyla Rose and Britt Baker. Three incredible matches. I cannot get over how good these matches are. 
and they're in front of the main event. Now, the main event was awesome, too, but what did you think about Britt Baker versus Nyla Rose? You're right. This was a fucking hard-hitting, and I like some of the back-and-forth, the, you know, when she was trying to do the, what does she call that? The Her sterile the mandible jaw. claw. The lock the jaw. The lock jaw. Yeah. Yes. Great name. Gosh, she's mm-hmm. great. Britt Baker for president. She's great. They should highlight her more. Nyla Rose is the same thing. I mean, Nyla Rose is just, you can't help but be like, yeah, she could kill anybody the moment the moment she steps into a ring. So I don't see why you wouldn't uh, have her featured more often. So this was a great match. I kind of wish this was more of the finals, which we're not going to get. Obviously, there's a Japan side and a U.S. side. Uh, so I think this was semifinals, if I'm not mistaken. So why not? I, this was a great match, in my opinion. I, I, yeah, I, I couldn't have asked only- for better. Yeah, the only thing that I thought was a little bit weird going into it is I didn't know who the heel was going to be because Britt Baker and Nyla Rose were both heels. The one thing that I did say on our Twitter page at Table Show, which you can join along because I live tweet during AEW Dynamite, uh, where was Vicky Guerrero? I thought Vicky Guerrero was managing Nyla Rose. Yeah. You know, some of that is I think we get into – the COVID aspect and the travel aspect. And we don't know where Vicky Guerrero lives, even with COVID or not. Maybe they go, Oh, we're going to throw Nyla on. And they made that decision three days before. And they go, Oh, Vicky, can you get here? And she goes, no, I'm an adult with like responsibilities, guys. I can't just upright in three days, get there. So maybe we're in that kind of a thing. I try to give some of that a pass because again, Tournament match, you're going to show up. Maybe they said no managers for the tournament or something. Who the hell knows? I don't know. So that one doesn't bother me. She's not critical to a storyline, if you will. But, yeah, I mean, she's always welcome because she's an amazing heel if you're going to make sure Nyla Rose is the heel. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted to fact check this a little bit just because I did think it was an amazing Wait, you're match not last to do that? week. I know, but I wanted Fact to checks. out of respect. But I wanted to re- do it out of respect of the women's tournament because I have been mm. so impressed with uh, what they've been doing on Dynamite. But it was uh, Thunder Rosa versus Tay Conti, and it was Thunder Rosa getting the victory. Uh, really was impressed with that one. Thunder as well. Rosa is good. Thunder Rosa is awesome. Thunder Rosa is good. And she actually has oh. a real uh, MMA fight. Uh, and Anna Jay's injured. Like, that's a legit thing too that I've yeah, yeah that sucks i like anna j i like all this stuff maybe if this we stuff. talk about yeah this stuff Not right this here stuff. No, I this don't stuff. like that at all. Yeah, this, this stuff. We Not we this. are a this what kind of this? show. Th- not this show. No, this. not this. Not this. Th- this. This. Well, this. original this. Not original not this. this. New this. No. Yeah. No. This here. Yeah. You know. It had its time in the sun. You know, right. But like but this. The, yeah, right now. This. this. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not following, if you're not watching on YouTube, yeah, you're missing right. out on the you're podcast. I tell you, <laughs> the this. podcast we're, listeners we're <laughs> are probably like, what in the fuck, guys? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Come to our YouTube page. Yeah. Uh, no, so this women's match was awesome. Uh, going back to what I said, I didn't know who's going to be the heel. Like you said, COVID maybe uh, limited Vicky Guerrero getting to uh, Dynamite this week, but. We instantly found out with, you know, Britt Baker going outside the ring, pushing people around, throwing some things around and then coming in, trying to cheat at every uh, chance she could get. I still think that Britt Baker should have won this. I think Nyla Rose, you you beat her down to where 
she can't beat anyone. And then kind of like what I'm saying with hangman, Adam page, I think there's, there's something you can get behind with the person that's lost it all. And let's build them back up. Uh, I don't think that anyone in the women's division has that kind of storyline. So why not do it with Nyla Rose? She is a former champion. So you could just easily tell that story. Uh, but Britt Baker, like you said, fucking awesome. I would hope that she would become a champion soon enough. Like she's good enough to where she doesn't need the championship, which is a credit to how good of her character, uh, how good of a character she is. But eventually she's got to get this title, right? You got, you know, to be the best, you have to have some gold. Oh uh, man. She you is the think. best. She is the best. She's the most complete package all the way around in mm-hmm. that. Like her in-ring work is you could argue is the best. Like you could, you can make a solid argument that nobody does it better in ring than her. You can make a solid argument. Nobody on the mic. You can make a solid argument. Nobody from a like put her on a poster aspect. So yes, at some point they got to run with her. And not even in AEW across the board. Impact WWE oh, NXT. I, I think she's oh, one of I the agree. best female pro wrestlers. All of professional right wrestling. She's one of the best workers. Period. Especially when you only dial into females. A hundred percent. She's top. She is the number one in my opinion. If you same here. down to females uh overall i mean yeah she's in the top 10 for sure at this moment like with everything that she can do you hand her a mic give her a storyline she can make it at least passably interesting yeah she's awesome really like her heel work right now so let's get into the main event it was for the face of the revolution ladder match qualifier ray phoenix lance archer Oh my good God, did we not try to do just every fucking and crazy thing with Ray Phoenix? We saw him jump from the ring into the wrestler crowd. We saw him do a Spanish fly from the top rope with Lance Archer. We saw him do the tightrope penalty kick thing to Lance Archer's head. Jesus Christ, he was insane. Ray Phoenix. TNT champion collision course like that needs to happen as well. That put him in there as the workman horse type wrestler and have him wrestle uh, MJF, have him wrestle his brother, have him wrestle Sammy Guevara, have him wrestle Darby Allen. That's the guy I think you need to have the, as the TNT champion. He's fucking great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, he would be a great TNT champion, uh, Ray Phoenix. I had a conversation with Justin Summers of the Wrestling Cheers, right? We were on his show. He was on our show, The Show Love. We talked about that earlier. Uh, go check that out. But we discuss MJF uh, is a guy who screams TNT champion right now because he's mm. the kind of heel who would who would take that over to, to – uh, you're saying even higher. Yeah, to go to a world – yes. I, I'm I'm not against you there either. I think he could hold that as well. But he's also the kind of guy who could give the TNT title a meaningful thing. He's the kind of shitbag heel that you would hate seeing it, and it would allow a up-and-coming face to get one over on him. Um, but, yes, Ray Phoenix could be that. It oh, could man. be over a guy like MJF. Well, because Ray Phoenix does the Lucha – bro style obviously he's a lucha bro but that lucha style flips and shit let me hold your hand uh run up the ring all the bullshit that we kind of are like okay let's improve the timing because i've kind of checked out but he can also do just a really crazy darby allen style match where it's like watch how fucking nuts i can get i'm gonna fucking dive through the uh ropes as hard as i can and i don't care where my body lands fuck it right 
so I I think he he can he's almost like silly putty where he can just form into whatever needs to happen and that's why I think he would be a great TNT champion right so you want to do him as a heel well guess what we got Jungle Boy you want to do him as a face well great we got Sammy Guevara like he can fit any he can be a shapeshifter and just fill whatever TNT yeah. championship role you want him to be I just left this match going like Ray Phoenix everything needs to be he's Phoenix good. now yeah. on the other hand. Lance Archer, yeah, also very good. I like, especially in the opening of this match, how it was just kind of that, like, it was the giant, I'm going to squash you, but Ray Phoenix is like, oh, you think so? Out of the way, smack, right? Like, yeah. bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, and, and the timing was good on this. And there was even a spot where he missed, and I could tell they just ran it back and did it again. And we've talked about this. Last week was even titled timing because I talked about it so hard. But, like, with the Young Bucks style and that Ray Phoenix style, as you talked about, there's a reason they say slow it down, the old timers, right? Because you can still do a fast pace, hard hitting, but make sure you're hitting it right. But I would prefer speed it up, miss, miss and do it again. Because in real life, if this was a real fight, you'd miss once in a while. You know what I mean? Like, it's not dumb. It's not, I'm not going to make fun of you. Like, I know crowds say like you fucked up and stuff, but like in a real fight, you would miss in a real fight. You would miss and you'd have to try again. It's okay. Right. If you want to go that fast, miss and do it mm-hmm. again. Like, don't make the guy wobble and act like he's hurt when I can tell he's not because you mm-hmm. want to make sure you hit it. Then it looks fake. Miss. Do it again. It looks real. And I like that they did that here in this match. Yeah. And again, I, I talked about how the fathers of pro wrestling show how hard it is to actually be a pro wrestler. And so maybe this is uh Monday morning quarterback, you know, armchair quarterbacking pro wrestling here. But I would also say, and I would also argue, if you miss, then have that be a part of the match, right? If I miss the big, now, if it's not a part of the finish, if you have a finish, stick to the finish, right? Because we can't just look to the back to the writers and be like, okay, so he'll win now, right? Like, we're not asking that. But if it's just middle of the match kind of stuff, and we all know how matches go back and forth, back and forth kind of shit, uh, miss. And now the other guy gets to do his stuff or the other girl if you want to have it a women's hey, look, match. You know what I mean? And and I understand. Okay. We have not been pro wrestlers, right? So any people who have been pro wrestlers hate when they hear people who haven't been yeah, yeah. telling them what to do. And I understand, right? And I get what you're saying. You're going out there in a live theater. You can't talk much. You only have limited opportunities to kind of converse with each other. And if somebody's not seasoned on how to improv and go with the flow – it's easier said than done to do what we've said to do. All I'm saying is it's also as easy in the back to say, hey, if we're ever in a spot when we miss, this is what we do to get back to the next thing. Right. Right? You you only need two or three. Hopefully you're not missing more than that. Yeah, that's true. And if you yeah. are, start back at one. You have a couple <laughs> way. Like, just... Show them how to, like, okay, if this happens and we miss, then I'm going to hit you with an elbow in the face, or you hit me in an elbow with the face, and then we'll work it in the next spot. If whoever's supposed to be over, we'll just get a nut punch, right? Like, easy. That seems pretty easy to me. I understand I haven't done it, but, like, you can't tell me there's, there's you know what I mean? Like, it would work like any other kind of improv. So, yep. you just have a couple plans, right? I thought it was great. I, the exact spot I'm talking about, like Phoenix went for some kind of move off the ropes. He literally missed everything. And like, I think 
Archer saw that he was going to miss, so he just kind of reached out and swatted him. They said he swatted him when he really just kind of missed. And so what he did was he flung him into the other side, and they did the same spot. And it looked fine, right? It looked normal. Like, that would happen. So I just wish they did more of that. That would make me appreciate the style more because this was. This was more Phoenix's style for most of the match than it was Archer's, even though Archer typically is the guy to, you know what I mean, beat the shit out of a guy and work from from top or whatever they call it, right? Yeah. Yeah, work bottom, from above, if they say right, work, whatever work they say, the whatever their lingo. I don't fucking know what they fucking say. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I I like the match overall, and, and and you're right, both of these guys. This is what AEW has done well. I didn't know much about either of these guys. I knew they existed, but I didn't know much to say about them. But right now, they're two of my favorites. Yeah, I really, I really also enjoyed that. Obviously, Lance Archer gets a spot in the ladder match at Revolution. But I like that Lance Archer still kept the slow burn on this baby face turn where post match mm-hmm. he gave him a fist bump because he's like, motherfucker, you gave me a good fight. Like, that's what a baby face monster would do is I'm coming in here. I'm going to destroy your town and, you know, burn all your buildings. But if anyone gives me a fight, I'll give them a high five. I'm still going to fucking kick their ass, but I'm moving on, you know? So I like the little slow burn that we're doing with uh, Lance Archer. One thing that I think I'm looking forward to with Lance Archer, though, uh, as great as Jake the Snake Roberts is, and he's fucking great. I think Lance Archer can cut a good enough promo by himself, and now he's established enough to say, like, that's the murder hawk monster, Lance Archer, that I think we can separate Jake the Snake Roberts and Lance Archer and then have Jake the Snake rediscover, or, or not rediscover, but discover one of those lesser-known talents that we keep on talking about that needs some grooming. So that's what I think I'm looking forward to in the Lance Archer storytelling in AEW. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I think if we, that would be a great way to get Lance Archer even more face credit is have Jake the Snake do something dirty, especially with another guy he's trying to build. Nobody comes to mind, but you could take one of the Dark Order guys away, right? Like, who gives a shit or anything? You know, somebody who maybe is on a better cusp, on a better plan. Nothing comes to mind immediately, but... Oh, have Jake the Snake take guns and poses and make guns him and something. Poses. Or the 10. They keep talking about yeah. that guy. Oh, I haven't heard him talk, yeah. but I don't... You know. Oh, I mean? then that's but. perfect. Who can fucking talk for him? Jake the Snake Roberts. Yeah, that's actually a better fit. Um, yeah, that, but that's what I'm looking forward to, then right? Give if you're gonna, like, screw this 10 name. You're more than a number. You're, you know, yeah, I'm going to give it to you. Whatever. This, mm-hmm. the, the Don West, you just change it a little bit. You get the Jake Snake Roberts in 2021. <laughs> you ain't wrong. You ain't wrong. Yeah. So, hey, that was AEW Dynamite. Uh, mm-hmm. what'd you think? I thought this was an amazing episode, but what did yeah. you think? I like the show a lot. A lot of good storytelling, as we talked about, even, even when they didn't hit on much of the like Kenny Omega aspect of that story, they still got some storytelling in there. Like he's building the, the damn exploding barbed wire death match apparatus. I still can't. I told my son this swim trunk. I was like, hey, you know this thing AW that he's caught a little bit here and there, and he's like, oh yeah. yeah. And I was like, yeah. So they're doing a uh, exploding barbed wire death match coming up in a week or so, and he was like what like he was yeah. kind of, he was like barbed wire and i was like yeah exploding exploding barbed wire and he went death match i was like yeah death yeah so he's intrigued i i gotta give him credit for that uh this is oh, interesting I, 
Yeah, this is the most interested I've been in a gimmick match since the very first Elimination Chamber. Because you remember how Eric Bischoff built up how the Elimination Chamber was going to go down in your head? And to me, I was like, what in the fuck is this apparatus? What the fuck is this? Pods and And it was bigger even when it was first yeah, out, too. They, like, right. they had and to so, tone it down because places wouldn't, they couldn't support it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, and so, yeah. physically support the weight of it. Yeah, yeah so when you saw that first elimination chamber even before the match started i was like holy shit what is this now if you go over to japan and even some places in mexico and find your little you know tapes yeah, of, but some trades me this is going to be a, a little bit higher this is gonna be something, this. right like that's that's what i'm saying you go to japan you go to mexico you go to all these little places that have these promotions that have, d- have done death matches i think we're going to get elements of this but i think we're going to get this to the max. I think this is going to be out of a 10. It's going to be an 11 and we're going to have fucking explosions like goddamn Cody Rhodes coming out, you know, with his flames and all his explosion shit. Like this isn't going to just be like pew and pew. It's going to be fucking pew, pew. craziness. I can't wait till we uh, give our picks and do our preview of that show. And I can't wait to see yeah, exploding barbed wire death match. I'm going to tell people at work and see what they say because just exploding barbed wire death Ooh. match. So I, I've been in a job for a couple of weeks, a month and a half maybe um, and yeah, I've not broached the subject at all about pro wrestling or oh, podcasting it, with yeah. anybody. So yeah. we'll see. Now again, I've only been in the office once. Well, thanks for spreading the word. Tim, thanks for spreading the word on on Spanish announce table. None of these people give me the feeling that they're ready to hey, know about the Spanish em. announce table. <laughs> if they're listening now, fuck them. Takes a special breed. Fun. Yeah. Takes a special breed, and we're glad you're with us. All right, Tom, so we're done with the AEW Dynamite. Something else big happened this week, and you were talking about it a little bit earlier, and we had the WWE Elimination Chamber. This is a weird pay-per-view in my mind um, for a couple of reasons, and I guess let's get into it. What are your overall thoughts of the WWE Elimination Chamber? The last thing, I believe, is Fastlane going to be on the solely owned WWE Network? Will it be on the Peacock? It will be on the Peacock, but it will also be on the WWE Network. Uh, The first event that will be solely on the Peacock is going to be WrestleMania. All right. Here we go. Here we go. I still don't feel comfortable downloading a peacock. Nope. <laughs> not just don't like that feeling. Not, not saying you're not going to do it. You're just yeah, not, not comfortable. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just not comfortable saying I'm going to do that. Uh, the Elimination Chamber. So I thought the first, I saw some recaps just to get some feedback on, you know, I watch a show and then I say like, well, maybe I missed something, right? Maybe there's some details that will make me either like a match more or if there's some discrepancies, make me like it less, right? Like, for example, last week when you brought up Isaiah Cassidy as the Jaguars um, or Jaguars uh, mascot, like that made no fucking sense once you finally explained it to me. And then I'm like, yeah, that was fucking dumb, right? So I saw some recaps on the Elimination Chamber. I saw some people actually love the first half of the show and then dislike the second half of the show. Uh, even after watching those recaps, I, I disagree. The first half, the very first Elimination Chamber men's match for the Blue Universal Championship. Uh, Blue Universal. Right? Is that what we're calling yeah. it? Um, yeah. I thought was a waste of time. We went an hour and a half to have Daniel Bryan win that championship just to do the match where 
uh, Roman Reigns gets the quick victory. And again, we're recording this before SmackDown, so we don't know what happens until, you know, SmackDown airs live on Friday night. But as of this recording, we had all these guys go through all this fun stuff just to have Roman Reigns get an easy victory. And then Edge says, me and you, motherfucker. So it's like, well, what are all these guys going to do now with dead end stories? Kevin Owens, where did what story was told after that? Nothing. Jay Uso, what story was told after that? Nothing. Daniel Bryan, he won the fucking thing. What's he gonna do next? As of right now, yeah. fucking nothing. You could have changed one thing and made this even better with all of it. You have Jay Uso win it. And then that match comes and he's kind of this torn, like, do I lay down? Do I try to get my shot? And he maybe tries to sneak a shot, and then Roman's like, You son of a bit and beats the ever loving dog piss out of him like mercilessly get more heat on him makes you be like okay and then now he's even more doubted i mean like that would be better than just this oh daniel bryan and then right again now if smackdown we get a daniel bryan and passion promo where he says uh, Roman Reigns, that was on my worst day after an Elimination Chamber match. You can't beat me again. And then at WrestleMania, we get a triple threat of Edge, Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns. Okay, but that was an hour and a half where Cesaro, who was a man on fire coming into this match, just got fizzled out and essentially forgotten about. I mean, he had an amazing performance, but I'm talking about stories here. His story's done. Like, he has to do a reset now. And so I just felt like, man, that was a lot of nothing. Now, with the Raw Elimination Chamber match, we told some things there that we can build on, right? Amos and AJ Styles. They can fuck you up. Amos is a big, tall bastard who can rip fucking things off of, you know, the the edges of the Elimination Chamber. Like, be afraid of that guy. Obviously, Drew McIntyre lost his championship. So there were some things in the men's uh, on the Raw side that we had some things to build on, but not on the SmackDown side. Nah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the Raw, and and we'll talk about uh, your, we'll talk about what happened post Raw match a little bit later. But yeah, I mean, obviously, like you said, there was a lot of storytelling in that Raw match. It was a little bit better. I did like the beginning of all the SmackDown match. I liked the beginning before it opened, like all their smack talking that they were doing before Kofi, like talking to Randy Orton and being like, yeah. "Your quads." You've been flexing them quite like I see they, 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 you know, I mean, they thick though, or whatever he was saying, like that stuff was fun. Um, and just I, I like AJ Styles on his, um, uh, all the shit talking in both of these was fun, but when he was like, Ooh, big scary man coming over now, big scary guy, <laughs> like just yeah. uh, all of that was fun. I hadn't noticed that before in like some of the elimination chambers, like that was fun. That kind of mm-hmm. kept, but you're right, the matches themselves were a little bit like. All right, and we talked about this in our preview. When you force this every year, you're kind of going to get some of that, and I don't think it's necessarily the best place to have it in between the Rumble and before Mania. And uh, Yeah, yeah. anyway. There was also a United States title changing hands. Matt Riddle defeated Bobby Lashley and John Morrison, which they had a uh, you know four-way between you know some other fucks. I don't remember who all it was here. We got uh, the pre-show. Yeah, on the pre-show, it was uh, Ricochet and Mustafa Ali and Elias, uh, and they were going to, you know, and John Morrison, and he won. And sure, uh, you know, yeah. I, you know, 
it made me think Riddle was going to win this whole time anyway. Uh, but Keith Lee, I don't man, poor guy, Miss Rumble and Elimination Chamber on the road to Mania is not a shit. That sucks. Yeah, I can see Keith Lee maybe going into a ladder match for the Intercontinental Championship or the U.S. title, whatever it is. Uh, but I don't see a big story with mm-hmm. Keith Lee, at least for this mm-hmm. WrestleMania. But I was very excited to see Matt Riddle get the championship. I thought Bobby Lashley needed to be elevated, which, again, we'll get to here in just a second. But I like Matt Riddle having a championship that gives him a little bit more credibility than just some goof that walks around backstage saying silly things that no one cares about. Like now people want to fight him because he has a championship. So I like that. It gives some structure to a talent that I really like. Also his matches have always been fun for me. Uh, So I was really a big fan of Matt Riddle winning the uh, United States championship. Yeah, then we also got, uh, which this was the right call, the Women's Tag Team Championships, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler retained over, what was it, Bianca and, and was it Sasha, I believe, in this. Um, mm-hmm. Which is the right call here because they've got that impending match with the winners of the of the Dusty Tag Team Classic. So, nothing big to report there. I don't think you probably didn't take anything major away from that. I don't know. I didn't like it. I didn't mm-hmm. like it. Yeah. And the big story is the Miz – in all his awesomeness, um, just fuck Otis, and we get the Miz as the WWE champion, cashing in his money in the bank. I like the fallout on Raw, how they played it, almost everything they did about it. I like when Adam Pierce talked to him. I like the entering segment, uh, talking smack, trying to stir up the pot between Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley, even though th- those two being the guys was a weird concept for me. You can check out my... WWE Raw last night on TikTok and YouTube, doing a one-minute review on each show each week. But, ha, I mean, Miz, I don't think this will be around for long, maybe. I don't think he's going to have a lengthy title reign, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. What do you think? So I liked how they did it. I liked that Bobby Lashley came out of nowhere to beat up Drew McIntyre after the Elimination Chamber match that then leaves Drew McIntyre at like, you know, 2% health if we're doing a video game and, you know, you yeah, see that's the a, that's a great health point, bar, yeah. right? It was a business and then, deal. And, he's right, and then in. the Miz gets the, the victory. So I like that. And we even saw a backstage promo of Miz and MVP talking. And now we found out later what happened. Uh, I think Miz is great. I'm really afraid, though, of his current character. I think this is a little bit too late. I think when he was doing all that fun stuff on SmackDown, that's when he should have been champion, cutting all those promos when everyone was like, this is the fucking guy. I still think he's the guy, but his stories are a little bit dipping down. And I think this is what happens. We So on Monday night, we got Braun Strowman, who just was like, I'm a big old man, right? And I think... He lost to Bobby Lashley, so what we're going to get there is probably Adam Pierce and Shane McMahon versus Braun Strowman at WrestleMania, right? Authority figures versus the uh, lunatic bad badass guy, whatever. But I think next week on Raw, again, this is just me predicting here, I think we're going to get Bad Bunny costing The Miz the match, and Bobby Lashley gets to be your champion. Bobby Lashley goes into WrestleMania as your champion. Drew McIntyre... Once his revenge, we get Drew McIntyre winning his WWE championship in front of fans. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I like the Miz. He had the promo uh, 
after you know it was like on the WWE.com oh, exclusive or whatever. Fantastic. But when he was like, he goes, he was like, I hear a whole bunch of people going, man, the man shouldn't have the title, which is a hundred percent true. That's exactly what was going on. And he goes, cry. Like I love that he looked right in the camera and he goes. Ten years ago, when I won this, we had Angry Miss Girl. I hope there's ten thousand Angry Miss Girls right now. He's like that feeds everything I do. Oh, I love that. That was one of the best promos I've ever heard. And you could tell that that wasn't a promo. That was Miss being like, "You mother, eat my shit. Yeah. I don't care anymore." Um, God, that was great. And that I wish was on TV. Like that, everybody needed to see. Yeah, and I. I, again, I don't have any confidence that moving forward we're going to get a long Miz title run. Now, maybe he does in some way defeat Bobby Lashley, and then we'll get another thing at Fastlane because, again, we got another pay-per-view before WrestleMania. So maybe then that's where Bobby Lashley gets the title is at Fastlane instead of Raw. But, you know, it was what it was. It was something memorable. Uh, it wasn't a forgettable pay-per-view because the Miz uh, cashing in his money in the bank. That was another thing that I thought was really weird. Didn't he lose that? Didn't he lose that in a ladder match between AJ Styles, Drew McIntyre, and him? Didn't he lose it? Remember, he's like, I'm cashing in. Oh, he in. did, but they gave it back. Well, it was John Morrison cashed it in. They They gave it back to him because his argument was John Morrison cashed it in. I didn't. John Morrison handed to the guy. John Morrison said he's cashing in. That's a good heel move. That that's is a good, good heel move. move. But I don't think that's why they did it. I think they were like, no, no, we shouldn't. We shouldn't have had him. Yeah, we, we've it got a plan. Seems yeah. Stupid. Yeah. Um, that's a yeah. good heel move, and I like it on the on, on face value. But I guess that story wasn't told. Maybe I miss. I, again, hey, look, I miss some shit here, but. Uh, I was still always confused on how the Miz got the championship, or excuse me, the the Money in the Bank contract again, mm-hmm. and that's some technicality yeah. bullshit. Are we gonna yeah. fucking get that now from now on? Because you know, once the Pandora's box is open, they fucking run with that kind of stuff. So are we gonna get, let's say, AJ Styles as a baby face uh, becomes Money in the Bank champion? Then are we gonna have almost cash it in for him, and AJ Styles is knocked out, and then the champion just covers him, and then hey, you lost your championship contract match because i cashed it in for you and then look but we're not going to give it back to you it's like yeah damn it Mm. but elimination chamber i mean it's given us some good stuff i liked where they went with things on raw like you said there are storylines to go with um the the fallout that we didn't necessarily get was randy orton is now coughing up the papa shango uh, ultimate warrior hair gel so yeah Look, I love all the fun, uh, you know, smoke and mirrors kind of shit because, again, this is theater. This isn't real mm-hmm. fighting. You want to watch real fighting. UFC 259 is in a couple weeks. Fucking watch that, right? Um, so I like all the fun, spooky stuff. It's it's cool with me. Um, but, yeah, didn't that feel exactly like Ultimate Warrior coughing up the stuff from Papa Shango? Yeah. Like, At some point. Be different. Be different. At some point, it's like I get it now. She's weird. She's possessed or whatever. We've got to do something now. I would rather it not be on TV than you give me something just to try to remember. Like, remember this storyline's still going on. If Bray Wyatt can't come back right now because of whatever, I, I don't know why he's gone right now. I'm assuming there's something going on, personal or injury or whatever, right? Or just storyline, you know they're not one to just give people breaks just to give people breaks. That's true. Right? You know that's what I true. mean? So yeah, that's, that's why I feel like something's going on. It may not be an injury, may not, but there may be something in the personal life. 
Who knows? Um, well, I mean, he did just have his best friend die not too long ago. You know what I mean? So, that no, was, you know, yeah. Hubert. So who knows? Um, but at some point I'm like, okay, we've got to do something with this now. Like now this is running that risk of the sting Taz where we're like, uh-huh, uh-huh. You did that last week. I mean, like, yeah, he's coughing up, but you burn him. Or you, or you, you know what I mean? Like it's just, it's, oh, you got a quick one on him like every week. So now I'm wishing for something. But that's about it, I guess, from the, I don't know. What do you, any other WWE main roster things? No, although, you? you know, we're, we're too far, we're too far down the rabbit hole. I think I would honestly be more into the Randy Orton Bray Wyatt thing if it wasn't Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt going into WrestleMania again when this just happened two years ago. Right? Like if it was Bray Wyatt doing all of this stuff to Keith Lee. Now I know Keith Lee's hurt, but I'm just saying a different talent. I think I'd be like, well, this could be interesting, but we kind of already saw this story unfold. So what else are we going to do? Anyhow, that's my thoughts. Yeah. Well, let's talk about NXT a little bit. I watched NXT this week. I don't know if you watched it, but there was some good stuff we can we can highlight. Uh, Dexter Loomis beat Johnny Gargano in a, in a match because like uh, he had you know so Dexter Loomis still has this kind of spell over the way, and so Johnny Gargano like he distracts the ref and he's telling him he's like hit him with the chair and. Uh, Austin Theory goes to and then Dexter Loomis starts staring at him he's like oh hey uh, you know what I mean and then you know uh, that goes I like when Dexter Loomis chokes him out at the end he lays there and he's like petting their head um, it's I just don't super know. weird it is super weird I just don't know what we can do much with this I don't see him as like a main roster guy doing much I don't even see like icy title reigns with a guy like that because he doesn't say much he doesn't elicit a whole lot of response outside of like mm, mm, I wouldn't want anybody to do that to me so the only thing I think you can do, the, the thing that I would do with him, let me rephrase that, is make him the boogeyman. Not the boogeyman WWE character that was doing the, the worms and shit. But what I'm saying is, like, he is just a black cloud over NXT where, yeah, Austin Theory got fucking kidnapped. And then if people need hard resets, he's essentially like what Bray Wyatt is on the main roster, where Bray Wyatt will fuck you up. Finn Balor and you will go from the main roster to NXT or he will fuck you up Daniel Bryan and you'll go from heel long haired to short hair baby face right that's what Dexter Loomis can do not with the spooks and stuff but just the like I'm in the shadows as a real person but as a psychopath and I will fuck you up like so he can be, be on the lookout for me so bizarre that he can just instantly snap somebody out of whatever they're doing or storyline or whatever right. and transition them into something else because you forget about whatever was going on before because he's fucking crazy yes yeah, exactly that. that's like that's what I would do yeah. with him is just this weird like hey uh uh killer cross right uh he needs something new now like what are we gonna do with him well he just got fucking kidnapped you know what i mean like that's what i'm saying we could do with him uh then we got a female match that was good here we got uh zoe stark versus io shirai uh i don't know if you've seen zoe stark um Hmm? yeah guy i i like this addition um uh this match was great io shirai i think you've mentioned this before her music gets me pumped every time she's coming out she has all of it except for now I'm just speaking for me. She has all of it except for the it factor. Her matches are awesome. Her presentation's great. 
you can tell fun stories with her, but there's just something missing between pay-per-views to get me to care. Like this was a good match and that was great, but she's the champion, right? Io Shirai is the person who should be the cornerstone of your women's division. And right now, to me, she's the most uninteresting person in NXT for the women's division. Yeah, there was also the Xia Lee, uh, KD Kentonzaro, the Xia Lee thing. Uh, I like it. it. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah, it is weird. I like the unknowns of it. So I'm a, I'm a fan of this because I like that they're like, what are you doing? Why are you being this way? And she's just like, shut up, nut punch or whatever is going on, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I like all of it so far. Uh, I You know, NXT – embraces these a little more than the main roster um, mm-hmm. with your carrying cross, your Zylee, these kind of little dark angles that, you know, I like how much they dabble versus you go a bit further. I think it turns both of us off. Uh, maybe not every wrestling fan, but you know, I, I, I don't mind this at all. And this match was good here at Katie cotton zero. Um, you know, it gives her something to do too. You know, this is, yeah, but I like Lee, what she's telling here with that, you know, Shaolin monk or whatever this higher power, or I don't know what he has over her, but this, you know, she obviously submits or surrenders whatever it is to him. And what is he, what is he doing? Why is he evil? Why is he this way? So there's fun things that we can do and tell, uh, that makes me interested in her character. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the funniest things was a couple segments throughout the night. We've got Cameron Grimes. So now, again, he's he's rich. He's got his money. And he's watching a cell phone video of the million-dollar man doing the basketball thing, right? But he cuts it off before the basketball thing actually starts. So then he goes, he's like, that Ted DiBiase so smart. He's like, when you got money, you can you can humiliate anybody. And he's like, so he goes up to a guy and he's like, you. And he's like, I'm going to give you $1,000 to dribble this basketball and the guy's like you talking about the million dollar man thing like and he's like no <laughs> no you know and he's like just dribble the basketball and the guy dribbles at the 10 and he's like what i didn't think you can be able to do it and the guy's like that's why the million dollar man kicked the ball and like takes some money and he's up you know and he's like damn it so then he goes out to there's people sitting outside right and and he does the same thing they're like you're talking about the million dollar man thing and he's like what all you got to do is dribble the basketball, 10 things. And that lady stands up and she's taller than he, you know I mean? She's a former WNBA player. Yeah. So, so she gets to like six or whatever. He goes to kick. She fucking crosses him up, right? Like takes his money, calls him in. And he's like, that Ted DiBiase, you're not going to outsmart thing. So then he does it to a third guy who's like, are you talking about the Ted DiBiase thing? And he's like, yes, God damn it, it's the Ted DiBiase thing. Why is it so difficult? I'm going to give you a thousand dollars. Dribble the ball, right? And before that guy even gets a dribble, he just knocks him the hell out, right? And throws his money at Like, I love all of it. I like where this character is going. Because, again, we don't have to take it too seriously, but now he's got money when he doesn't know what to do with it, and it's fun. I like this guy. Yeah, I like the, the you know, dumbass billionaire kind of thing. Because uh, yeah. what he was doing beforehand was fun, too. To the moon and all that shit, mm-hmm. and it was good, but it kind of didn't have any direction to it. Now we have, again, like I was talking about with the Matt Riddle character, we have some structure. Now he has money. What the fuck do you do with money? Well... You, you can be a bad person and do the million dollar man thing and fucking fail at it because 
you're not really an evil person <laughs> that could lead idiot. you to yeah. a baby face, right? Like yeah. through these acts, you could be like, well, God, Million Dollar Man was a fucking dumbass. Why would I even do that? You could even use Ted DiBiase in this. Oh, thing. he will come in in a heartbeat. Uh, speaking about schemes, he'll do one on you too. Um, anyhow, well, but especially if, I mean, he's supposedly a preacher, right? If he's thinking like, oh, this is the turn the guy, good guy and realize money's the root of all evil or whatever, you know? probably well that's in real life yeah but the million dollar man character be like you're doing it all wrong and then that's where cameron grimes could go like no 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 you were doing it all wrong and then he becomes a baby face and da 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 now again the money could turn him evil again like we can go yo-yo back and forth with this so at least there's some some something with him and he's such a and he's good in the ring and he's an entertaining promo so i i like that they're giving him a Mm -hmm. little bit more of a push yeah, we also got grizzled young veterans taking on Drake and um, Drake Maverick and Killian Dane, which again they were running that same gimmick that we hadn't seen in a bit. But I think this was because after the match, he is like carrying Drake. He's beat up, and we saw the old guy from their group that they had with whatever his name was, um, who's now in the Imperium. Uh, oh yeah, Wolf. Yeah. It, uh, so yeah, he Wolf. sees him like holding Drake, and he was like. He even says in Germany, he's like, what is this? Right? He says, and he's like, you used to be a monster. And then just kind of shook his head and leaves. So I think that's why that was all set up. I think that was for this eventual, like, screw you, right? Turn Killian Dane back into the, into the monster, but who knows? Yeah, man. Speaking of Imperium, I fucking mm. miss Walter. Don't you miss yeah. Walter? Yeah. Uh, Walter is great. What else here, though? I don't know if you got this. The Santos Escobar, Karrion Cross no dq match and i like that like he's waiting in a in a suv outside and carrying cross like no you're not and just goes out and starts destroying him right and start the match and let's go uh i liked it i liked the opening segment how they kind of just did the you know the cinematic vignette to start the show Mm -hmm. to talk about this it led into this i like the format of it and again this stalls carrying cross while we do this uh you know Undisputed Era thing, Finn Balor stuff kind of stalls carrying cross before he goes back to doing what they were going to do with him before his injury. Yeah, and I think this is a good way to do it, right? Because Escobar is a good person to, to fucking wreck, right, and run through because he, before he ran into carrying cross, was doing all of that stuff, right? Him and his little posse was fucking up um, – swerve and they were just retaining the nxt cruiserweight champion uh, championship at every match possible so now he's hit a a a dead end right he's hit a brick wall with his character development too so now he's forced to do something so even though it is a stall like you said for cross it at least could give escobar some new wrinkles to his character so i think it's a good spot for both of these guys currently yeah and then to close the show we got the Undisputed Era segment, and this went a couple different ways, and I, and I want to kind of dig into this a little bit. So, you know, Adam Cole comes out, and he says, I'm going to give you the why, and he's like, but honestly, like, he's like, it was dumb. I was jealous. I made a stupid mistake. I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm going to make this right. Like, I'm so sorry. It's taking that. And then Roddy comes out, and he's like, oh, what the hell, man? Like, you know what I mean? Like, this, now you're going to come out here and say this? Like, this whole thing was built on trust, and you ruin us. Never going to go back, right? And then, you know what I mean? And then I think Finn Balor comes out. He's like, fuck this. I'm kicking somebody's ass. Adam Cole helps Roddy, right? They're left up, but, you know, Roddy hits him because in the melee, and then he feels bad, and he tells him, I love you. I'm sorry. And Adam Cole's like, I love you too. Right? The Ric Flair nut, you know, Kansas City nut punt, or cunt punt with the forearm, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, 
game that, and then he says, you're so stupid, you're an idiot, right? All that kind of jazz. I kind of wish we would have stuck with the Adam Cole, like, was like, no, I made a mistake, I'm sorry, right? Run with that a little bit longer, right? And have the problem that runs in is that I think Kyle O'Reilly's actually injured. And so oh, they can't yeah. run with that. No, I think and, no, I think they that was a that was a you, great you sell job. I don't think All he's right. hurt. Yeah. I think this was now we gotta get someone else involved. Next week, don't be shocked if Adam Cole runs into Bobby Fish and Bobby Fish does a hey, so I've been gone a couple weeks the fuck's happening and he does to bobby fish hey it's all good you know yeah that's a misunderstanding he's still yeah. like he can say like no i am sorry but he hit me and he hit yeah. me on purpose and I like, lost he's my the temper. one right right and, and they go yeah. he'll go remember it was us anyway he always tried to infiltrate this group and then they're like uh you know what i mean like still have him be the heel but have him be like no no, no i didn't mean it no, no no i'm sorry no i didn't mean it whap oh i didn't mean that one either <laughs> right like yeah that could be fun but that could be the the official heel turn for uh, Adam Cole because what you could do because I don't know if Bobby Fish is injured. If he is injured, you could easily do it this way: backstage promo, Bobby Fish walking back there, bumps into Adam Cole. Hey, we gotta talk. Adam Cole's like, totally, we 100% have to talk. Yes, I, I already know what you're gonna say. Look, like you said, he hit me last week. You know I'm I have a hot temper. You know I'm. I, I react like this. So I did it. And it was a mistake. It was so dumb. It was so stupid. And then Bobby Fish can be like, Hey, we're so brothers. Then, brothers fight. It's okay. Right. Right. And and then Bobby Fish can be like, So then explain what you did two weeks ago. And he could be like, I did. Remember, I said all that stuff, but then Finn came out and Roddy come out. We're like, what in the hell's going on? And then Bobby Fish Bobby Fish can just be like, I don't think I believe you. And again, if he's hurt or if he's not, I would then do lights out, lights back on. Adam Cole standing over Bobby Fish, hmm. and then he takes off his undisputed era jacket or something, and then just drops it on him. That's all three even of them. That, he's beat up. Even now. that, you could still, you could even have him like still trying to apologize to Colorado because he can be like, "Well, Roddy said it himself. It's built on trust. He told me he didn't believe me. So like, I mean, I had to. If you didn't believe, like, it's not trust. If you didn't trust me, like." guys you know like guys come mm-hmm. on right like yeah and still right like still oh, like, yeah i like angle, that i like this yeah idea. the angle that adam cole can take is still in his mind he's the right person because mm-hmm. let's say the lights go out the lights come back on he takes off his undisputed jacket throws it on bobby fish and then he could say something to the effect of you're making me do this like you guys stop trusting me, so mm-hmm. I have to show you that you were the issue. You not won't me. accept my apology, right? Yeah, like, you are the do. bad guys. Yeah, and then that's the whole angle where he beats up all three of them. They do a fatal because f- then you could create dissension amongst the three of them, right? Because then you could do like it was built on trust. But why would you say that to Adam Cole? Well, why would you say this to them? Boom, 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 and then you get a fatal four way of the Bobby Fish era. could be like to Roddy, be like, I mean, you did hit him. Exactly. He did, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. he's not and wrong. Then, yeah. And then he could say something to Kyle O'Reilly. Kyle O'Reilly was like, I thought you were my tag team don't partner. What the Bobby fuck? Fit. Yeah. Or even the other way, be like, don't you fucking talk to Bobby? Yeah, exactly. And just all That's my of red this ragging. stuff. That's my red ragging brother. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get, if, he, if he's healthy, Bobby Fish, that is, then mm-hmm. do a fatal four-way at the next NXT TakeOver, Undisputed Era, they're all fighting each other. That would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I like where NXT is. I mean, we talked about this. They're they're not always hitting home runs, but I don't feel like this week alone, like I felt like they hit a bunch of solid base hits and mm-hmm. here and there, and I thought a lot of good storyline progression. So I like where NXT's headed. I don't know if you got any closing thoughts on it. 
No, I, I agree. Yeah. I think of the two shows, I enjoyed AEW more, but NXT was definitely something that if AEW didn't exist, I would be raving about how this is the best program on WWE television, which it is. All right, well, this is all what we thought about pro wrestling, so we'd like to turn it to you, the listeners slash viewers. By the way, if you're only listening, you should be following us on the YouTube, TikTok, Twitter. Uh, find all the links you need at SpanishAnnounceTable.net. Now, the reason I brought up Twitter is because if you follow us on table sh- uh, at Table Show, even if you don't follow us at Table Show, you can still use hashtag TweetTheTable on Twitter. When you use hashtag TweetTheTable and you put a wrestling thought in there, if it's good, and I mean, eh, it's got to be good. It's going to be a good wrestling thought. Use hashtag tweet the table. We're going to read some of them right here on the show. And I've got some of them pulled up. I had some of them pulled up, but peeking behind the curtain, when I flipped the stuff earlier, that gave us a little bit of technical difficulties. So now I've got them pulled up on my phone for your benefit, the viewer. Work around. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. At Theo75 says, The Miz is WWE champ. This is way better than a boring Randy Orton title reign. Hashtag tweet the table. Hashtag WWE chamber. He also added, you know, at id Randy Orton on that because Theo ain't scared. Why Theo would you scared. be? What is he going to do? What's Randy Orton going to do? What is he going to show up at your house with no pants? Then you get yeah. him for like a sexual crime. You know what I mean? Ha! You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. I do. No, I don't. What? But yeah, (laughs) Miz is a great champion. I think Miz should be champion again after WrestleMania. Like I said, I know that they're going to do the Bad Bunny thing, Bad Bunny, Bad Bunny, and he's fucking killing it. So credit to him. And I like that he's a wrestling fan, yada, yada, yada. But after WrestleMania, when we get into that lull before we get into SummerSlam, Miz is champ again. Let's do it again. Run it back, brother. Love it. Mm -hmm. At Mr. Fourth Row chimed in with a hashtag tweet the table. He says... At Impact Wrestling, uh, with the shot to at WWE last night, I, E-Y-E, see what you did there, hashtag tweet the table. Now, if you didn't catch this, because, you know, who who catches Impact Wrestling? I've been watching Impact Wrestling for the last three or four weeks. (laughs) So you don't have to. I I watch Impact Wrestling, so you don't have to. (laughs) Um, No, it's not terrible. It's Okay, you know, subjective term, but it hasn't been completely horrendous. And there is a, a spot where Brian Myers, we've discussed, is the most professional wrestler, right? He's upset his friend Matt Cardona, who you know is Zack Ryder, and but they're not—they're kind of like this. It's not like a complete heel turn on him, but he's now a heel, and Matt's like, "Why are you being a dick to everybody?" Kind of a stuff, you know. And he's like, "Yeah, fuck off, man. I'm doing my shit. Why are you fucking here? Like, this is my mm-hmm. place, right? Like." fuck out of here right it's kind of one of those like slightly annoyed with your friend if you will like more of like a roommate right when you're mad mm-hmm. at your roommate then on the dishes forever but you're not like i don't hate them i'm not gonna fight them yeah. but like but i but fucking I'm gonna talk do the shit dishes right so yeah. it kind of feels like that but he's fighting with somebody else and and like matt cardona is kind of increasingly getting like getting more physically involved and so like brian myers got this eye patch because somebody pulled out his eye i can't remember if it was matt cardona or the other guy but so scott demore is there and scott demore is the face of like guy running the show, GM. I don't know what title they give him because again, I've only been authority watching authority role. Weeks. Right. But as I as I told you this earlier, he's what I imagine Tom being as a pro wrestling authority figure character. He is annoyed with everybody that walks through that fucking door. He just wants to get his job done. He just wants you not to be an idiot and do what you should know how to fucking do at this point, right? You've been doing this for twenty years. Fucking do it. And so everybody always comes into his office and he's like, 
what? I'm like, God, why are you here again? And they're always asking stupid stuff. And he's like, what the hell are you talking about? And they'll be like, you know what? Okay, yeah, you do get a match, but it's again, like, so one case in, for instance, off this particular thing that, that um, who are we talking to again? Between <laughs> the table, we are talking to at Mister Fourthrow. Yeah. Uh, one thing he did is Moose sits in the middle of the ring. This this thing, he's like, I want a title match, and I'm not leaving. Right? That was and a he cool comes thing. Out, right? And he comes out, and he's like, Get the hell out of here, man! Like, shut up! Right? Like Scott Demore, and then he's like, No, I'm leaving. And Scott Demore goes, Okay, this is what I talk about. Like where he gives them what they want, but not really. He's like, You want a title shot? I've seen you walking around for a year with that TNA World Heavyweight title. You know what? That means something to me. I helped build that thing. So you know what? He was like, it pisses me off you're carrying around. You know what? I'm officially recognizing that as a world title now here again in Impact Wrestling. And you get your world title match. You're defending that against the guy you just beat up Jake here. something. Jake, yeah, Jake something. something. Yeah. Who's out there trying to, because he did beat him up. He's like, congratulations. You get your world title match. And he goes out of there storming. Like, he does that well. So what he does here is he tells Brian Myers, fine, you're going to get your revenge, which, of course, Brian Myers is a heel. He doesn't really want to fight the guy. He's trying to avoid. He's saying he's he's not cleared. He goes, our doctors cleared you. That's what's in your contract. It's our doctors that get to clear you. I'm going to put you in a match. But you know what? To make it worth your while, you're going to get your revenge, right? Your buddy Matt Cardona is is the guest referee. He's like, what the hell are you talking about? He's the guy. You know what I mean? Like, he's fucked that. And he's like, it's going to be an eye for an eye match. Winner gets to poke the eye out of the other person. He's like, what? I don't want to do that at all. You know, he's like, no. And he's like, yeah, no, it's gonna be great. He's like, you'll get your revenge. And then, it, like, he's like, he's like, he's walking out. And he's like, God, fine, fuck out. You know. And he's like, no, wait a minute. He's like, are you serious about this for an eye for an eye? And Scott Moore goes, No, the hell would I be serious about that? What are you just gonna like poke somebody's eye out on television? Like, what the hell would come up with that? And he's like walking away. He's like open the door. He's like, it's the dumbest thing I've ever. He's like, oh, and then what? Like your eye would just be fine in like a couple of weeks. Dude, believe anything like that? And he's just like storming off talking about that. And that's just kind of where they ended. I love that. It was a great shot at like, no, it's a fucking dumb idea. <laughs> yeah. I love that. That was great. Those are the kind of fun shots you should take. You don't go too overboard with it. It still sets something up legit. They're going to have a match, just not mm-hmm. an eye for an eye match. They may call it the eye for an eye match, but that that was fun. And yes, I caught that too. Um Mr. Four in the row. <laughs> Terrible. Normally it's up on the screen. Normally yeah, it's right true. up here on the screen. Yeah. I'm, but I'm doing this for you. I'm doing this for you, the fans. You. You. So you don't, so you can keep seeing our beautiful faces. Right? You. Look, we even took Tom out of his library basement thing that he's got over there and brought him here to where Sean is. Sean wins this, right? No. Or Razor wins this. Razor, Razor wins this. Razor Sean wins, wins the second I, one. God damn it, you're right. Yeah, Razor. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we're here. Use hashtag tweet the table, and you too could be part of the show like Mr. Fourth Row and Theo75 were. I remembered you this time, Mr. Fourth Row. Hashtag tweet the table. Use it. Use tableshow at gmail.com if you can't fit it all into a tweet. We will read emails also if we want, if it's good. Well, and also join the conversation when we live tweet during AEW Dynamite. That's always mm-hmm. fun. I am the GIF God, yep. so you will get some type of GIF or GIF uh, from me. Yep. Uh, if and they will respond. all be slightly above average. All slightly above average, because you know what? That's what you get at the Spanish announce table. Mm-hmm. The Spanish announce table.